You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. I want to introduce you to, to Shane. I think Shane's a great example of um, we are uh, we have a, we have room for all kinds of for all kinds of people. Yeah, Pat, Pat said earlier that we're going to get to get to know me a little bit. I promise I'll find a way to make, to make it about you guys. I this, is, this is what our cell is like, by the way. So Sh- Shane is in my cell. Ash is in my cell. Uh, Corey and Emily are also in my cell. We got, we got our cell people here tonight. This is really just our cell featuring Circle of Home. I, I, I love it. I think it's great. So the two um, are the same. They are. You're right. We are a church of cells, right, Scott? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let me, let me sort of just give you a chance to kind of, many of you know Shane, but some of you don't. Um, so Shane, tell us, hi Shane. Hi Pat. Tell us how you, uh, tell us how you got um, involved in, in our cell. Right, so I don't know how many of you remember Brandon, who was a regular here. But, remember, uh, remember, remember Tristan? Remember Brandon and Tristan, the Gorman bros? How can we ever forget? <laughs> Good question. Uh, yeah, okay. Also, they've been gone for like six months or something, right? Listen. Go ahead, boy. Ignoring that side of the room now. I guess not. <laughs> okay, I guess not. Um, yeah, so uh, Brandon and I were really close for a long time. And so uh, uh, we had another friend, Chad, that was in cell, too. Um, so Brandon just kind of like, me and Brandon were always having conversations, kind of like we do in cell. And so he was just like, you should just come, dude. Just do it. And so... Um, so yeah, dude, I don't even, do you remember, do you remember the first time I was there? I don't. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. Was it yeah. Brandon's house? It was. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, that was we were having this all uh, Brandon's mom's house at the time. And then, um, yeah, I was a regular at Cell for a little while. <clears throat> what, so what were your first, what was your first, what were some of your <clears throat> initial impressions? Because I, I knew that you, Shane was, was known as my buddy Shane, by the way. <laughs> yes. Every time Brandon or Tristan would mention him, they, they called him my buddy Shane. So I knew my buddy Shane was coming to walk to our cell. I also knew that he wasn't like a, he wasn't like a Christian, you know? He wasn't um, Brandon what, Brandon is, so is Tristan, and we kind of shared that, but uh, Shane wasn't quite on board with that, so I knew he was coming. Um, what were some of your sort of first experience, your first impressions? Um, right. Okay. So when I first started, I was I was like, I was a self described atheist, and it was it was comforting because Chad was there, and so I wasn't I wasn't the first or the only one. So that was it was like it was a nice <laughs> like welcoming space to come into because you kind of already been there with like all right this guy doesn't necessarily agree theologically, and that was like having a space that was already primed for that was easier to come into. How did so did you feel like uh, um, did you feel welcome? Did you feel yeah, uh, absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never felt unwelcome at cell or circle. Um, like like I, I get that it, it can be like a little bit of an elephant in the room, but like it doesn't it's not like lost on me when someone when Aaron when makes it like a point to be non exclusive. Uh-huh. Elephant in the room. I like that. Do you feel like it's like there's an elephant? That'll that'll tie into our other elephant metaphor later. <laughs> so, uh, so you start coming to sell, um, and you think what? So you're thinking, yeah, these these guys are pretty cool. Like we're, I like talking about this kind of stuff. This seems interesting. So, so Shane starts coming and kind of becomes one of the, pretty much him and Ashley are the most faithful attenders and have been for about a year. 
Has it been that long? It's been probably a little bit longer. So, uh, as you know, Brandon and Tristan leave. And I was fairly, I thought that Shane was going to leave too. But Shane didn't leave. Shane stayed. And here he is right now. In the flesh. In the flesh. Yes, yeah. Sure. I don't know that that really warrants a pause, okay. but thank no, you. I like it. I like it. I'll take the ego boost. We're, we're just kind of blooding you right now. So, uh, why did you stay, man? Um, a myriad of reasons. Yeah, it's <laughs> Um, uh, like in general, or why I'm still an attendee at <laughs> Selling Circle of Hope. Just gotta give us a, a, an overview. I'm gonna stick with that ladder because I like that. I like that one better. Okay. Um, right. So I think uh, if if Brandon and Tristan had left, maybe like. Two days into me coming to sell, I think it would have been different. But um, I think after after by the time they had left, my relationship with Cell and Circle of Hope had changed a little bit. Um, so like it started out as just this thing I do with my close friend because it's something he does with his other close friends, and sometimes he drags me out on Sunday nights to play drums because we were already in a band together anyway. And then it kind of evolved from like that to now I know all of these other people and I actively like enjoy seeing them on a weekly or on a Thursday night or Sunday night or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think I think the the real reason that came around is like the the mood kind of shifted from this thing I do with Brandon to this thing I do with these other people who have so you made welcomed this, me. You made these relationships with people. Yeah. There's, a, there's another part to this that I think is interesting. Um, you got connected to, uh, you like some of the things that the church is doing, and you got sort of connected in one of the things that we're doing through one of these Sunday night meetings, um, maybe about a year ago, that has been really, has really been a big part of your life. Uh, Tell us a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, I'm sure some of you were there. Uh, there was an interview, I guess it was probably about maybe a year and a half, two years ago now, um, it was long enough ago that uh, the front of the stage was still over there. Right. So, um, uh, Allison DiGiacomo came and uh, did a talk about her nonprofit, Crossing the Gap. Um, Many of you were there. You guys remember? Scott's not just said. Yeah. So I approached Allison about volunteering uh, after that meeting, and I started out um, helping out in her Monday night ESL classes, and then my role kind of shifted from that into like more of a fundraising and event planning role. So I'm like, I'm like a, like a fundraising board member now, which is weird. It's weird to like hold that title. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel right, <laughs> but. Yeah, so this has been, this is, you're kind of downplaying it because this is like, a, this became a big party. I think he's gonna work there pretty soon. I think he's gonna be like a CEO or something. Um, but this is, this sort of hit something that you're really passionate about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess and maybe for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Two, two, in, two in particular. I think it strikes a strikes a chord in my leftist heart. Okay. <laughs> and, what uh, is it about? I don't. We, yeah. 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 I completely ignored that. everyone who <laughs> wasn't there for that. Talking about being inclusive. Uh, yeah. Inclusive, and we're being exclusive. Um, so, Crossing the Gap is a Camden County uh, tax exempt nonprofit that offers free ESL classes and like. Um, like resettlement comforts for new immigrants and refugee families. Um, 
and you said, and you just have, and you have a real heart for, for these, for these people. You like, you're really engaged in this thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so even like, even before I got involved with Crossing the Gap, I think that was the case because uh, before then, me and Brandon had planned a show here independently and donated all the money to the uh, Mennonite Central Committee and right. sent it all to. Um, yeah, send it all to uh, refugee camps in Lebanon. Um, yeah, uh, like I was saying, I think it strikes the chord in that heart somewhere, somewhere in that xenophilic heart. <laughs> so you have like this love for for uh, for other cultures. Can you can you? We've got some time, so can you tell us a little bit about? It? We want right. to get to know you, buddy. Let's let's burn this. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know where that comes from. So tell us about it. Uh, Shane like Shane like writes has written a book. Like tell us about this, man. Okay, you uh, really you really put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, so I wrote. Well, I was a contributor to an anthology. I say you wrote a book. Not exactly true, but um, yeah, I was part of like a linguistic project that um, worked to revive. Like a, a dead language, essentially. It's been dead for fourteen hundred years, at the least. So this is like a this is what kind of language is this? Uh, <laughs> Marcus uh, is like, what what's a, what is he talking about? Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> this is totally irrelevant to the rest of the talk. No, it's not, but, uh, it's not. It is a little bit. Um, I, I have a plan. I, I have a plan. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just trusting you here. <laughs> I'm not trusting it. Um. Uh, yeah, it was a continental uh, Celtic language. So uh, when we hear that, when I hear the term like Celtic now, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because it's got like so many associations with like New Agey garbage. Um, <laughs> but in an academic sense, the term refers to the people that um, uh, shared a common linguistic and material culture uh, on continental Europe from uh, Iberia over to the Balkans. And you and you, so you contributed to this anthology. Shane has like a blog. He's he's sent me stuff that he's written. Um, I do own like an armchair academic. He's an armchair <laughs> academic for this. So you have like this love for language. You have this love for culture. Um, these sort of exotic cultures. That's I think how you've explained it to me before. So the crossing the gap thing kind of sort of uh, encase a lot of that. And and also you were you you love the idea of like making a home for these people who who don't have a home. Yeah, for sure. But I think it also goes like the other way. And like, I think uh, me and Pat have talked together at Cell before about how I like I have a little bit of like an identity crisis. Where like when I was when I was young, both my parents worked, and so I was raised by my grandmother, who is a first generation immigrant from Scotland. And so I'm just <laughs> I just kind of like have this identity that's like I'm not Scottish, but I'm also don't think of myself as American. So I'm in some limbo in between. So just to everyone on earth, just please, please accept me. Please let me be one of you. See, we're getting we're getting somewhere. So Shane go, Shane goes and visits his grandmother every Friday. I do. You go well, and have not every Friday, but almost, almost every Friday. You, go, you guys have like tea together. Do you have tea? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I want to meet your grandma. She sounds awesome. She's Scottish. Yeah, she's she's the best. Uh, okay, so everyone says that about their grandma. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you're you you get involved in this. Uh, and, and crossing the gap, we we actually did a few things with our cell with this. Remember, we like went out and did some flyers. Shane put together a, a concert here in, the, in in our space with crossing the gap to kind of raise some money. Um, 
And uh, and then I remember, I wanted to get to this, I remember um, we had a conversation in our cell a couple months ago, and we were talking about Jesus, and Shane just said this really great thing, um, which really made me uh, feel like uh, what we're doing, what we're, what we're trying to do in cell is worth it. You know, sometimes you might feel like it's not worth it, but when Shane, every once in a while you get those moments where you're like, yeah, it's worth it. So Shane was, uh, we were talking about Jesus, and you said something like, uh, I think Jesus would be really proud of the way I'm living my life. Because <laughs> we don't always, we're like, we like, we're not, we kind of go back and forth about whether, about like the divinity of Jesus, you know? Well, I think like, I think the argument at the time was uh, what characterizes a Christian. Okay. And so I, uh, I think my argument was that it's uh, more important to live by the values of Jesus' teachings rather than inserably the divinity of Christ, which if I recall your answer was they're inextricable, but mm, good answer. Oh. Same thing. Then. So uh, But you are not far from the king. That's right. That's right. That's so that's kind of what I was that's kind of how I'm feeling about all this is uh, when we were getting ready for this interview, I was sort of asking you like, yeah, like what has kept you in in a part of the church? You know, like what do you why are you hanging out with us? And, and Shane was kind of like, yeah, well, I don't really, you know, I'm just kind of, I made some friends and you guys are cool and everything. And then we started like dig, digging into all the things that you've been doing and like all the things that have been kind of going on with you. And for me, it was like, yeah, like God is doing stuff with you, Shane. Don't tell him that. <laughs> but I think God is doing stuff with you. And, and Shane even came up to me and was like, I want to do an interview. I didn't ask him to do this. He, he was like, I want to, I want to do this with you guys. And I asked him to play drums, and he's like, I don't want to play drums. So so we've got this idea that we're building this spiritual community, right? And it has room for places. It, it has a place and room for people like Shane, right? Because you're still, you're not, I do the Bible quote thing, and you're like, okay, Pat, all right. But maybe not, you know? <laughs> but but you're, you, you guys are here. And I don't know, I think that's more than, I think that's great. I think that's enough. Yeah. Is, is, there, is there a question? That's kind of what I, so that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go. I just, I just kind of wanted to open it up, okay? Um, Shane is an extremely interesting person. We could spend for like the next half an hour getting to know him. Seriously, he's really cool. Uh, but what do you guys think? Like this, do you think that we are... Uh, this was the, the the topic that Shane and I kind of agreed on, is this idea that um, we're we're building this spiritual community. That's that's the way Shane's sort of looking at it. I think it's great. I'm fine with that. I think it's cool. You even said something about like spiritual health is is a, is essential, right? That was something. I think I think you might have said that, Ashley. Spiritual health is a, is essential, right? Yeah, I think that was me also. It was you also? Yeah. Don't, so, don't 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 credit my words. I'm trying to I'm trying to get Ashley in on this too. So do you so do you guys I mean many of you are cell leaders or have been cell leaders I think you're all in a cell um, what do you think are we um, are we uh, are we building something what are we thinking I kind of want to open it up let's talk I think we're building something but what do you think or maybe you might, might want to ask Shane why he why he likes uh, Celtic ancient Celtic languages What's going on? You can ask me about bunny things. I can, I think I'm qualified to talk on that too. 
that was the other topic I chose. What would you uh, say to a one year ago machine to get him involved? Oh, good question, Justin. Uh, involved in what? Circle like coming out to sell regularly, like you're Brandon. I probably I probably would have pitched it the exact same way Brandon did because Brandon did an excellent job. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Brandon basically uh, said to me because we would have like a lot of like a lot of like political and like philosophical base all, like a lot like it basically consumed all of our time <laughs> and so uh, he basically said something along the lines of imagine doing this every week but with people that aren't me all the time. <laughs> And so that was what yeah, got me. That's that's what I am. I am not Brandon. That's the best you can come up with. <laughs> I'm just putting it the way Brandon put it, dude. Like, take that one up with Brandon. All right. I like it. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question, Justin. I had a, uh, a friend who um, I went to high school with, and she was getting married, and, and she had been in my cell, and was, but was moving back to town after living... Uh, away, and her husband to be, and you know they. It was the first time they asked me to, to marry them, and it was the first time I had ever been the officiant of a wedding ceremony. So I took it real seriously. I was currently like in a marriage and family counseling class in seminary, so I was just like doing it. I said, "Okay, we have to meet uh, for uh, premarital counseling." Like mm -hmm. okay. And I figured, I'm going to figure out how to do that with you. Mm. And uh, we were talking about the ceremony, and, and uh, I was talking to Rachel, and his name is Stacy. And, uh, and, I, and I said, Stacy, I'm, I'm doing like a Jesus thing at this, at this wedding ceremony. Is that okay with you? Because he wasn't a Christian. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. And, like, but like, and then I said, but is it going to be like a lie? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't ready to, like, make the, like, bold, big claims that, like, a pastor makes at a wedding ceremony. But he wasn't ready to deny them either. And, and, and in fact, the way he described it is like, yeah, I want to figure this out. And I think, like, Jesus is going to be the way. But it's going to take a long time. Um, and he was, like, aware of that. He was, he, he was, uh, he's, he is a very spiritually healthy person. Um. Uh, even before he decided to follow Jesus, which was like three years later, <laughs> after I invited him to my cell every week for a year, and then he came to my cell for like two years before, like one day he just sprung it on us. Oh yeah, by the way, guys, you know we were just kind of used to him doing his thing. Oh by the way, hey, I'm a Christian now. Oh yeah, that's cool. What's different? And he had a little bit of a story to tell, but he. You know, it was just kind of this kind of evolutionary thing. I'm so sad he moved to Ohio. But uh, I got to baptize him. And uh, this long process of uh, being in. And I think that is what we're doing, is creating space for people to be in, as in as they want to be. It's a lot easier to get in with us than with Jesus, I think. I mean, Jesus is welcoming, but it's just a big leap to decide to do that. And I, I think that people need that space. Kendra, then Corey. Um, what exactly about your life do you think Jesus would be proud of? Mm -hmm. And um, 
Second part two. Part two. Were you raised with any kind of religious anything? Um, oh like yeah. Grandma. Oh yes. Really? I went to Catholic school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh god. Yep, they're walking among you now. Um. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be a little bit of self-aggrandizement, but uh, I like to think I live selfishly. I think I think I like I like to think that I live with the goal of helping people, and uh, I try to devote I try to devote whatever time I can to you know. So uh, like with crossing the gap, uh, like we also shortly after uh, I ran uh, the show here, we held a charity dinner at a church in Collingswood, and the day before, I was there from like 8 in the morning to like 8 at night, and... Dude, can you tell us, can uh, you tell us the I knew, I knew the question was coming. Can you tell us Okay, uh, Pat loves this story now. Um, so when I was... This when I was, shows you his faithfulness. <laughs> when, when, I, when we were setting up for that, for that dinner, we were supposed to have a live band playing like background music, like during the dinner, and uh, it wasn't booked by like us or anybody on the board, it was booked by just another volunteer who happened to know them personally, and so uh, the, like, the, head, the, the head guy from like, the band was supposed to come over and just kind of look at the space and tell us how many mics he needed and stuff like, like how long they were going to need to play for and stuff like that. And so it was me and Allison, who was the director at Crossing the Gap, uh, her sister, uh, Kay, who was like a board head, and the pastor of the church whose space we were using. And this guy comes in, and we're sitting down and talking with him, and as we're talking with him, we get a better, like, a, a mental picture of what this band is. And it's it's a seven-piece, all-ukulele band, <laughs> some of whom don't actually know how to play. They're just there. And we're just, we're talking about this, we're like, he's like, yeah, some, some of them just like to just strum, just strum. <laughs> And and we're 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 talking him up about this very fancy international dinner that members of like the board for the South Jersey Muslim Association are going to be attending. He's telling us he's going to play songs called Chinese Takeout Blues. <laughs> and then then the worst part, he just in passing, he's like, "Yeah, we're bringing along our mascot, Ricky the Rat," and then he just moves on from that. <laughs> and hold 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 on, it gets better. The pastor from the, we were just ready to like just let that one go like I don't want to know and the pastor from the church was like no 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 we're gonna revisit that one so he's like uh, Rick, Rick, Ricky the Rat uh, and the guy's like yeah he's our mascot and the pastor's like is it is it a real rat and the guy's like oh no one of our guys just wears like a, a like a rat ca- costume he's our mascot and I I know what you're all imagining right now you're imagining Chuck E Cheese and that is not what this was he goes on to explain that this is a blue DIY rat costume that this guy's mom made. Do, do, do you understand how horrifying that must look? Has everyone seen a Goofy movie? Do you remember the swamp Chuck E. Cheese? Because that's what I see when I think about Ricky the Rat now. And so we, we finally just, like, we were in stunt sounds. We didn't know what to say at that point, so we just kind of finished out the meeting and let the pastor do the rest of the talking because he was thrilled to hear that. He was having the time of his life. And so we finish up with this guy and he leaves and we were joking about it for like 15 minutes. And as those 15 minutes went on, the jokes slowly got more and more solemn. 
as it dawned on us what was about to happen to us the next day and all of our hard work undone. So we're like, all right, we need to we need to break for lunch and revisit this. And so we all go, we all like couldn't even be around each other. We all went different places for lunch and then came back. And as soon as I get out of my car, Allison is walking up to me and she just walks straight up to me. He's like, how much will I have to pay you to call this guy and cancel? And so Allison didn't have to do it. Kay didn't have to do it. The pastor who egged him on didn't have to do it. I had to call and tell Ricky the Rat that he couldn't play his show. <laughs> and then, yeah, after that didn't go well. Um, <laughs> we made jokes the rest of the day about how we conquered Ricky the Rat. We can conquer anything now. And then it's like 8.30 and Allison went to move a table and the legs buckled and a bunch of ceramic plates shattered and we we're like, all right, we're going home. <laughs> we'll come back and deal with this tomorrow. And that's the story of Ricky the Rat. If anybody is interested, I believe they play in Camden County Libraries. They are the Southern Ukes. <laughs> I think Jesus would be proud of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Corey. Um, this is kind of straightforward. So if money and currency wasn't a thing, like you had to go to work to get money to live, would you cross any gap full time? Absolutely. Uh, the only thing stopping me from doing that is we don't make enough money for Allison to pay her <laughs> to pay her own salary, let alone mine. Yeah. Maybe we should figure that out. I think it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Um, I think uh, like you were you were saying like oh, this might be like a little self-aggrandizing, whatever. Like 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 it was like what would you think about your life that, that Jesus would would be like hey. Good job. But I think that's like a really good thing to do. I think it's a really healthy thing to do every once in a while. Um, and sometimes, like, I kind of feel like I need to do that because it's like, um, it's like celebrating, you know? Because it, it's, it, I, I, you seem like somebody who's pretty busy, you know? Um, and you wind up doing all of these things, and a lot of it's selfless, you know? I imagine that the crossing the gap thing it can be kind of, or not selfless, thankless. You know, you might, you might not get a lot of like, and you're not getting paid to do it, right? But just kind of being like, you know what? I, I think I'm doing good. I think it's, I think that's great. I think it's worth celebrating. So thanks, man. Thank you. back there soon. Scott, you want to say something? Crossing the gap. Crossing the gap. Uh. People mostly. Uh, we have we have a lot. Of, we have a really well structured uh, administration, but we don't have enough people like to just go out and like hang up flyers and stuff like that. And it's especially it's especially tough because like all of the administration also works like full time jobs, so we can't be out there on like a Wednesday afternoon like hanging posters. We're at <laughs> we're at work. You know? What are the posters about? Like, what are you uh, usually events. Uh, events are currently what we make basically all of our money on. That and we, uh, we have a couple like monthly donor, like low level monthly donors that we signed up uh, at the um, at the uh, dinner, but we don't have any like we don't have any uh, big money donors or anything like that. So uh, a lot of our revenue comes from events. So we have to like advertise them as much as we can, and we just don't have the the feet to do it. What do you need to be? What do you need to pay for? Like, what does the money go to? 
Uh, usually it goes to um, supplies and keeping the lights on for uh, the ESL classes. That's like our that's like the flagship program. So uh, yeah, mo it's it's mostly supplies that it goes into. What's ESL? Uh, English as a second language. Oh. So you guys find these 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 people these refugees that don't have any place to live, and you try to teach them how to communicate. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah. And. And from what I understand from Allison, because I've talked to her too, is that they, it's a, it's a very uh, communal model too. That that where they're they're taught to like teach English, but they're also taught to like make friends because these people just don't have a, a community. So um, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool idea, uh, and that kind of thing that's so relational and friendship oriented. <coughs> doesn't sell like hotcakes mm. you know it's like so inefficient to love someone yeah that's like that's a really good point uh when i was volunteering at the classes for however short it was you kind of like um there's some units like household objects where everyone is just asleep and then you get to some like like we're preparing to take everybody out bowling and we're learning bowling words and everybody's just into it that like really makes a difference. Uh, I also just thought of something else that the money does go to. Uh, we need to pay for gas because we also offer um, uh, like pick up and pick up and drop off because uh, there are a few uh, students who have disabilities or uh, don't own a car, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Where where are most of the refugees from? Is there a particular part? Uh, there's a pretty solid mix. Uh, the three big ones you're going to see are from the Middle East. We have a lot of Syrian families, uh, Latin America, and uh, West Africa. Usually, West Africa, they're not necessarily refugees. They're usually like uh, they're usually just immigrants right. who are trying to learn. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one guy who uh, is from former French Africa and speaks French and is like he he has like. He's he has like a doctorate, and his wife moved here to work, and now he's just kind of tagging along for the ride. <laughs> well, in West Africa, there was also a lot of uh, reasons that they might have been refugees, just that, but they the, they didn't come as official yeah. refugees, but yeah. they were yeah, fleeing sure. war for sure. Yeah, we got a few more minutes. Yeah, go ahead, Clancy. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I think part of it probably stems from a political identity as a leftist, uh, which uh, lends itself towards internationalism. And I don't, it's not that like, I mean, every, every, everybody's got their cause, you know what I mean? I don't like, I don't think my mine is necessarily more important uh, than others, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like saying, huh. The homeless don't matter. These guys matter. But like, um, this is something I'm drawn to. Uh, maybe I'm sure. Like I said, it ties into like this little purgatory identity that I have. I think I think God called you to it because you, you you got to it through us, man. I want to I, I want to give a little credit on it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Give me a scripture. 
For God so loved the world. There you go, that's it. The world. That's it. Yeah. But it makes me think of what you said earlier about that, how you described that this, this internal sort of conflict that you hmm. have all your life. And that, like, I imagine that that helps you, that you can connect at a very deep level with how many of these families may be feeling of just let me belong. Hmm. You, you just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want yeah, that's, that's a good one. You got me. <laughs> does, that, does that resonate? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. Also thinking about the leftist political identity um, and the word you used earlier, which was xenophile, you know, the opposite of xenophobe. Um, I can I can appreciate that kind of reaction in in a current the current political setting where there's a lot of xenophobic rhetoric. Um, if, if, if it's like team left, it would make sense that refugees are the ones that would need to be, to be loved the most, you know, like that kind of, just understanding the political landscape, um, that, that I can, I can understand how you'd be pushed in that direction, um, in your kind of reaction to the dominant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You don't see a lot of, uh, right wing rhetoric. That's like, yeah, the homeless are garbage. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, and. To be fair, they most most um, most uh, if there is such a thing as a rightist leftist, isn't that weird? How leftist is the the adjective rightist? There's no rightist. Yeah. It's not what are we right. 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 Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> um, so, I was being restrained. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the um, uh, yeah, I was saying the rightists don't. Most of them don't say immigrants are trash. Some of them do. And they say it loudly, you know, so. Yes. What does your grandma think about crossing the gap? Does she know? Uh, yeah. Uh, does she, like, support you in it? Do you think it's cool? Uh, yeah. Um, it's also important to remember that I think everybody's grandparents are kind of a product of their time. And uh, my grandma is from a very imperial power, <laughs> which was at the height of its imperial power. <laughs> Let's go back to Annalisa's. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think for sure that uh, resonating with like a need to belong is something that kind of drives me in that. Um, but like I said, I think it also I think it also just goes both ways because sometimes towards like the refugee families that we have as students, I'm just like, hey, I'm just like I'm just like one of you guys. <laughs> Like, uh, like I even, I even, uh, fasted a day with a friend of mine, uh, that I worked with for Ramadan. I only, I can only do one day. I, I think I might have died if I did more. <laughs> She's stronger than I. Yeah, I like it, man. You're exploring. It's cool. It's good stuff. Dan, one more? Yeah. Um. I think I actually think it's really interesting what Annalise said about, about that. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be thinking about it for like seven days. Yeah, seven but I, like, I mean, you're somebody who who kind of who likes fantasy and stuff like that, and I like this idea of like, here's this, it's like the superhero thing, you know what I mean? And it resonates. Those those movies are so popular because they resonate with something. But this kind of like this thing happened to me when I was a child, 
and then I integrated it, and now I'm doing good with it. I think that's awesome. I, I like. I don't necessarily know that it's like a tragedy. But, well, you're like you're using your superpower. You know what I mean? And I think it's great. Your superpower yeah. is compassion. You know, that's okay. awesome. About that, thank you. <laughs> so we kind of just scratched the surface. Uh, Shane is interesting. We should talk to him all all night for the next month. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, I wanted to give give him a chance to sort of share what's been going on with him, and I wanted to. I wanted to. I hope that it would encourage us. You know, uh, in what in what we're trying to do with the church. We're thinking a lot about what Scott talked about last week. You know, we're just trying to be friends with people, like capital F friends, more than just like Facebook friends. You know, um, you're doing that with Preston and Gab. We're doing that here with the church, and God is using it. Things are happening. You know, um, so it's it's worth doing this. You know, and uh, Shane's got a great story. So thanks for thanks for hanging out. With us and asking great questions. Real, real quick, yeah. I did, I did, I did promise that I would make this a little bit about you guys. Um, yeah, so I, I don't like necessarily describe myself as an atheist anymore. I have like my own religious views that I don't necessarily want to talk about at length now. But uh, even, even like despite that, this has been a great place to like, like nurture that like baseline spirituality that I think everybody needs, like regardless of like specifics. So thank you guys for. Having me. Love. Love. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good last word. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop down at circleofhope.net.